Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you made a way for us to be with you. Um, The song says, thank you, God, for saving me. And Lord, I personally thank you for that. And I know many people here do, but there are so many maybe who are here that are just needing to know that you are here and you love them. And I pray that that's what each and every person here will feel and know today, that you're here, you're in control, you're walking alongside of us no matter what is going on inside of our lives. Um, that we as a church are here to help in that, that we're a family, that we work together and, and, and we walk together. So thank you for that. Thank you that you will speak clearly through, through the message today um, just for the freedom and the privilege of coming together to be able to hear your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're starting with uh, our message is growing up emotionally, um, emotional stability. My name is Bill, uh, but today we are talking about emotional health, growing up and becoming mature inside of our lives, controlling our emotions. The main thrust that we're going to be talking about today is a very simple verse. It says people uh, without self-control, without the ability to, to control our emotions is like a city broken into and without walls. If you look back at the context of the time then, and actually the reality today, if we're living in an environment without protection emotionally, or, or even physically, or what emotional health, uh, and people who are emotionally healthy, this comes from the American Psychological Association, people who are emotionally healthy are in control of their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. It means that they're aware of their emotions, that they can deal with them, whether they're positive or negative. That's what we're talking about, having the emotional ability inside of our lives to have real walls around us so we're not moved in every direction. We want to be an adult when it comes to our behavior. We want to be mature when it comes to our behavior. That's been the thrust of the series that we're in as we go forward. We want to be mature adults. We want to be able to control it. And and, and the truth is, if we stop, we all face a battle in controlling our emotions. I know I do. Uh, I want to be emotionally healthy, mature, that I can control my thoughts, my feelings, and my behaviors. I want to do that. That should be part of me. Uh, so how do I respond to those things, though? Being emotionally mature, this is for all of us. What does it look like? How do we deal with the good stuff and the bad stuff in our lives? You know, if we're secure, that tells us how we define uh, and respond to earthquakes, rejection, compliments, our emotional health inside of our lives. But everyone had an emotional response to earthquakes over a period of time. We, uh, some, uh, it actually became life-controlling for some. Some didn't even notice it, slept through these things. Well, no big deal. But there's a response that took place, an emotional response. You know, my, my quality of life uh, turns to junko. And that's a, that's a very technical term. Uh, when, when I overcommit, I overwork, I don't get enough sleep. You know, or I'm in a relational conflict. That is something that is a people person that bothers me. If someone's mad at me, uh, it just starts to swing me back and forth if I'm not careful. This is a real everyday battle for me. 
But again, I think everyone here can identify areas of weakness when it comes to handling emotions. When we're rejected, when we're called out by someone else and, and corrected, when, when we take a financial hit, a physical hit, uh, somehow inside of our lives, we respond to it. But again, I, I want to make sure that we, we talk. We have good news. God has provided a plan and a way to ensure that we have emotional health inside of our lives. But it starts with a challenge. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. If you think you have it all together emotionally, hang on. Something's going to come and rattle us. That's the life we live in. In this world, we have tribulation. Things go bad. But here's the promise from God. The temptations, in this case, to emotional negative responses in your life, they're no different from what others experience. All of us are tempted to be fearful, to panic, to be anxious. We're, we're, we're tempted for depression. We're all of the other things in our life, all the emotions, we're tempted that. No difference. Uh, they just come at us because we're human. The promise. God's faithful. He will never allow a temptation to be more than we can stand. He will not allow an event or the emotions that follow if we respond according to his way to crush us. They'll never overwhelm us. We can't say, God, this is your fault because he carefully monitors and controls the emotions and the events that come at us. He will not allow us to go more than we can stand. But here's the thing. When we're tempted, when we have a, a, a desire or a response inside of us, which is negative and inappropriate at the time, he will show us a way out of it. He will show us a way out of the, the temptation to be angry. This is the most common one that people deal with is the response of anger. Uh, the response uh, when we feel depressed or when someone hurts us or we feel lonely, all of those things, he will give us a way that we can endure it. Whatever it may be, whatever the list of the things are that we may be part of in that, you know, that's his promise to us. Now, this is emotional maturity. This is being able to stand up to the events that take place inside of our lives emotionally and respond that way. This is part of a series for those of you who've been with us. We've been seeking how to be mature individuals. Each week in this series, uh, we've started this, we've gone along, we said there's a maturity checklist we encourage everyone to have. We're giving them out in the back. Very important for parents. Parents should, should get a copy of the maturity checklist and go over it. So, And when you talk to your kids, this is what we're shooting for. Show it to your kids. And, and it's a talking point. The first week we talked about uh, if you're mature, you're responsible for your actions, attitudes, and responsibilities. You do what you're supposed to do. You are responsible. You can't blame anyone else. The next week we talked about reaping what we sow, what we put into our life, what we prepare for, what we're ready for. We get back inside of our lives. Uh, understanding what our role in life is. We did a couple of weeks, family roles and then roles society and church last week. This week is emotional maturity. Here it is. Having self-control over our emotions, attitude, and sexual drives. Having control over anger, fear, and stress level so that we control them and they don't control us. I was trying to figure out a way of giving you the wide range of emotions that, uh, th that you might encounter at any particular time in life. And there's a very common way that we do it today. They're called emojis. If you want to express your emotions, emotions or sense where someone else is, 
All they have to do is text you and you're in. You know exactly where they're coming from. Now, the question is, if someone sends you an angry face, do you get a, a crying face? That's, these are a, this is the full range of emotions that come at us. We go, and this is not a complete list. There are, I, I started looking online and I said, really? Uh, that are there. But emotions, the expression of them back and forth. One of the things that, that, that we're challenged with inside of our culture is being able to express our emotions correctly and to be able to receive and interact with other people as they express their emotions to us, whether they're, they're, they come at us uh, angry or whether they come at us quiet, the, the ability to be able to respond. One of the things about these, and it doesn't show so much in the emojis, I couldn't line them up, it's a slide, is it normally starts small. Fear starts small. And then if we ruminate on it, we think about it, we let it exist in us, we focus on the causes of it, it starts to grow. And we may move from apprehension to fear. And then if we keep going and looking at everything that could happen and running through that scenario inside of our minds, our emotions can go to panic. We can be frozen in fear inside of our lives. Same thing happens with anger, a mild irritation. We dwell on it, it gets going, and pretty soon we're enraged. How dare they do this to me? And each of the emotions grow as we go along. So today uh, we're going to look at God's offer of emotional maturity, his way of escape. But the huge point and that we need to understand in all areas of our life, but in this one particularly, we think of emotions as a mental, uh, uh, physical deal. No, it's a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual battle. The reality is there's a spiritual battle in me and in you. I, this is shocking, I have an evil twin. He lurks underneath the surface of my life, and you have an evil twin. It's a heckle and jekyll, whatever that deal is, inside of our lives. That take place. Dr. Hyde and, and Jekyll and Hyde deal come out. Here's the verse that talks about it. Uh, if we let the Holy Spirit, God's side, guide our life, we won't be doing what our sinful nature requires. We will not be doing negative, angry, uh, inappropriate emotional responses. But that's if we follow the Holy Spirit. But the sinful nature, the evil twin inside of us, wants to do just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature. There's a battle. There, these two forces are battling inside of us. You know, it's a, it's a spiritual battle. It's not flesh and blood. It's, it's not out there. It's not in the physical world. It's our response. If, and it's a spiritual battle. Now, the truth is, uh, and I, well, I, I won't even push this. Let me give you one of my examples. I was driving down uh, Drummond the other day and... I forget it was, I think I, a text message came in, and being the law-abiding citizen that I totally am, it, you know, I've got a Bluetooth, so it came up, and I'm not smart enough to say read, and so it tells me. So I thought, well, let's pull over and see what it was. So I pull over to the side of the road, legal parking, slow pull, car behind me, just, you know, from about 50 yards back, gets on the horn. It, what a horn means is you're an idiot, bozo. So he started the idiot bozo sound, 
as he was driving up behind me, goes past me, <laughs> looks over, probably another hundred yards down the road, all I'm hearing is the horn. My immediate reaction was love, joy, peace, patience. <laughs> No, that's the other that's the other force. It was the ugly twin that wanted to come up. And ultimately, you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone else did. In a worst case scenario, I'm gonna hunt them down and talk to them. I'm gonna straighten this thing out. And that's called road rage, by the way. If you haven't been on LA once in a while, be careful who you torque off down there. Uh there's two twins inside of us. There's a bat- it's a spiritual battle. So everything we're going to be talking about today has to be looked at in a spiritual reality. There are forces that want to destroy you. And one of the great openings is the use of our emotions or the emotions of other people coming at us. Every husband, every wife, every mother, every father, every child, everyone knows that it's emotions that when they come into the situation rational, everything goes out the window. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Husbands and wife fight. It's not between them. The, what we're against, it's evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. These mighty powers of the dark world are fighting against the powers of Jesus Christ and for good inside of our lives. It is a spiritual battle in each and every one of these areas. So, so what, what emotional response do we want? Well, if we yield to the Spirit of God, if we allow that to have control in our life, if we let the Holy Spirit guide us, here's what we get. We get love as an emotional response. We get joy. We get uh, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if you look at these as some of the major threats psychologically and emotionally in our in our culture today we we can have love instead of lust we can truly love someone to serve them not to get served we can have joy not happiness which is temporary we can have a permanent joy we can have peace instead of anxiety we can have patience instead of impatience kindness goodness the good things and we can have self-control in other words we can be in control of our emotions in our lives if we allow the Spirit to do that. If the Spirit of God's in the ascendancy and we're leaning into that, that's what we're, our response. Now, by the way, just note to self and no, note to you too, we're never going to be perfect. There will be times, no matter how much we love God, our idiot light will flash and we will manifest something. That we'll say some words we never wanted to say. We'll have an attitude we never wanted to have. So it's not perfect, but this is the offer that we know what is right and what is good. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now the fruit of the control of our sinful nature and the evil powers of this world, when we follow the desires of our sinful nature, when we just let the evil twin have its way inside of our life, we'll have sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, Now, oh, by the way, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, envying, sounds like Congress, Uh, (laughs) drunkenness, wild parties, and the rest of it that's there. 
that's a manifestation of the evil twin in our lives, but in our culture, in our family, in, in, in the world around us. Are the emotional, these are emotions, and, and the results of the emotions inside of our lives. It is a, it is a, it is a spiritual battle, quite honestly, and I don't want to dwell on this, Anyone who is aware of what's going on around them, as a nation, we're losing the battle for emotional maturity and emotional control. The number of uh, emotional issues, here's just a quick picture. Major depression uh, in a year, 17, almost 18 million, schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety disorders, uh, 48 million people, anxiety disorders, uh, PTSD, obsessive compulsive uh, Suicide, which is a manifestation of a physical response to an emotional situation, is the second leading cause of death among people age uh, 10 to 34. It's a tenth leading overall cause. Suicide, this one, suicide rate, U.S. services increased, or excuse me, has increased 31%. And again, in teenage people, LGBTQ community, special groups, it's gone up 30, 40% uh, percent in the last couple of years. Suicide, this emotional response, this physical response to an emotional uh, thing inside of us. Latest estimates is that one military veteran will commit suicide every hour of each day. I, listening yesterday, as I was on my exercise bike and I was listening to Timothy Keller, and he said something to me in an interview that just grabbed my attention. He made a statement that most people inside of our country are emotionally fragile. That when an event hits our life, we're so emotionally fragile that we, we can't handle it. We can't respond to it. We can't take it in. We'll give a negative response. Uh, our emotions, once, once let out, they just pour out. We melt down emotionally. We explode in anger. We're stunned by the Fragile is a good word. Even the most committed of marriages that have been together their time are so fragile if, we, if they haven't worked through these issues that it, it all goes up in the air. Fragile. So that's really what we're talking about is the fragility of our uh, emotions. This is, a, again, a city without walls. And so as we go forward and look at the, the approaches, because it's a spiritual battle, there are two approaches to emotional health. Quickly, uh, as I go through them, I don't want to look at the negative too much, but here's where the real battle in our country comes together. The battle uh, is between the customs of this world, the uh, philosophies of this world, which deny the existence, the power of God and the spiritual forces at work in our life. Those are the customs and behavior of this world and their approach to counseling and emotional health. But we're told to let, to let God transform us. Changing the way, here it is, we think. So emotional control starts by being set free by Christ, but it starts in our brain. Then we'll know what God's will is. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. And therein is the battle. Worldly, secular, non-Christian counseling and approach to emotional health and God's approach. You know, the 
counseling that, that we're going to receive from psychologists, this is their definition. Again, American, Psych- American Psychological Association. Counseling psychiatrists, psychologists help people with physical, emotional, and mental health issues. And here's how they do that. They improve a person's sense of well-being. If you've got emotional issues, you need to feel good about yourself and have a good self-image. You, they need to remove the feelings of distress. So you, we've got to get rid of the feelings that are there inside of these people and resolve, if possible, the crisis. Fix the crisis. Now, what does that mean to us? How do they really do that? This is the, the philosophy of the world uh, that comes at us. It's, it's the battle. The world faces, here's, here's how you do that. Now, we, there's hundreds of thousands, uh, almost a million psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors in our nation. Very powerful organization, by the way. It, you can't, to have a license from them, you have to have a license from them to be paid for counseling someone. And which means you have to follow their doctrine and their way of counseling, which means basically that God's out. They'll, they'll give you their philosophies and their approaches as confusing as actually that I study them uh, as they could be. Uh, but their focus, and again, remember this, is to improve a sense of well-being, to justify, to alleviate uh, feelings of distress, and to remove the crisis. You know, I think the best picture... Uh, of America and the United States today is how we run our lives. Our lives is that we live them by feelings. Our feelings define our reality. Feelings are the engine that drives our life. It's, and so we have faith in our feelings, so we follow our feelings. Our, our, our feelings become the most important thing we have. That's when the, why the American Psychological Association says, let's deal with feelings. Uh, God tells us there's a path uh, before us that seems right, but the end is death. If, if we're following this worldly philosophy, the end is death. And, and there's no king, there's no rule, there's no law. Then everyone, you just do what's right. If it feels good, you... Let's try that again. If it feels good, Jew, you just do it. Because obviously our feelings won't lead us down the wrong path. It, go with your feelings. Get, you know, get into it. You deserve this. You deserve that inside of it. This is the approach to do that. Now, what the, here's the steps that a counselor, a secular counselor, will take you through. Again, denying the existence of of spiritual reality that's there. The first thing, since it's on feelings, they want to remove negative feelings. Legal medication, psychotropic drugs, remove the symptoms of whatever it may be. Uh, and we're, we're pretty much uh, familiar uh, with a lot of the drugs that are out there today uh, to cover it. And I'm, I'm going to say now, I am not anti-drugs. So don't don't get, don't get your old backs all up to, to wait to pick me off later. We'll talk about drugs in a minute, but no. But this has become the go-to position for us. Some of the statistics and numbers, just, just get an idea of the grand total, of, this was several years ago, of, of almost 80 million people inside of our country are on drugs, of psychotropic drugs. I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just saying that's the reality. 
What challenges me is what parent with a one, a zero through one year old would almost put a quarter of a million kids on drugs? Never mind. I have an opinion. But just as you start going down, uh, how many kids are medicated uh, before they're 12 years old? How many before 20, when they're still under their parents' care, are, are being put uh, with psychotropic drugs? Uh, and I, you all know this as well as I do. Every one of them, if you look any one of them up, the side effects, some of the most common side effects for the drugs for depression is suicide. You might want to check that out. Uh, again, this is kind of an interesting thing. The, 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 the drug Zoloft is very popular. $3 billion in sales. Uh, it came out in 2002. It just had a double-blind study, which means they gave it to a placebo to one, and it showed it no results or no positive results. I'm just saying, be very careful. So the first thing is remove the feeling. Use medication. Justify and allow the negative emotions. To keep a person's high self-esteem, what you do is you tell them it's not your fault. That person shouldn't have said that to you. They shouldn't have done that to you. That's, that's totally wrong. So you can justify your negative emotional responses and behaviors because of the situation. We hear terms like, you made me mad. You hurt my feelings. We blame past abuse in our life for our current behaviors. I loved it in the one thing and stop it. We don't go there. We're here. We're now. We're responsible. We can't go into the past. And I'm going to do this just to irritate as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. One of the biggest problems inside of our country today are our current and past parents. Parents have stopped parenting. We have started indulging our children and allowing them to rule and reign our homes and our lives with their emotional outburst. They can throw a temper tantrum and get their way. They can go into an emotional funk and control the emotions of the whole home and the whole room if they're upset. And parents allow them to do it. Then, oh, you know, they, we, we come up, pamper, pamper, pamper. My kids, when they were younger... Uh, they weren't perfect like me. They, thank you. Uh, if if one of the one of the kids when they were older they came out and they had a tood, they were just not. They would never be that gross with it, but they'd come out or or. That's unacceptable. That's not mature behavior. Go in your room until you can act like an adult. First temper tantrum, earned a spanking. If you allow your kids to continue to control you, their situation, and their lives with their emotions, they will grow up and it will become a lifestyle. That's why we see people on the job site, when they're corrected by their boss, breaking down in tears. When something doesn't go right, they get angry at everyone that's there. It's become their lifestyle. This is how you respond to situations. Okay, I'm done. Parents. Now, the danger here, because of the culture we live in, if you discipline, the kids are taught, if you discipline, you can call CPS. You can go talk to a school counselor. You can go get your parents on report. 
And they're going to have to explain their behavior to other people. So uh, if you see a parent uh, spanking their kid in Walmart when no one's looking, good job. (laughs) (laughs) When you get through, can I help? Never mind. Okay. Get rid of, you get rid of it by first emotions and then you justify it. The next thing is, is people today are self-medicating. We have a wide variety, whether it's alcohol, marijuana, drugs, self-pity parties where all our friends come. And again, don't forget the Christian crack of coffee and sugar that we're putting down all the time around us. Pornography, destructive relationships, venting our anger just to get them out. Tell a person off. Quit that job. Just uh, This is just self-medication. Next is remove the cause of the emotional problem. If your wife is picking on you, divorce her. If your husband's a jerk, throw him out. If your kids are rebellious, throw them out. If your parents are rebellious, rebel. Push back. Don't put up with that. Cut the relationship off. Put up barriers, boundaries, and things uh, so, that, so that you are protected in your world. This is the wisdom of the world. Because the wisdom of the world says if there's something wrong, we're basically good people. Someone else is doing it to us, so we need to fix it. That's the world's way. There's an option. And I love this picture. If I could, anything to instill, we, we actually give out hundreds of, of these over the years. A pic- this, is, this is how a Christian builds his life. The engine that drives our life is truth. There are certain objective, scientific, clear evidences that there is a God. The Bible is an inspired word of God and suitable to be followed. We have facts that we can have faith in that tells us we should follow what the Bible tells us to do. And then if we do that, if we're living in the correct order and sequence, our feelings will follow. If we do what is right, will not your countenance be lifted up? This is a spiritual battle inside of our lives. Two verses bring this, I think, to the forefront better than these are classic counseling verses. This is when, when God was counseling Cain because of his bad attitude. Cain did not follow what God told him to do. God did not accept his sacrifice. So what does he do? He gets an emotional response. He gets angry at God. By the way, never a good call. Uh, so God says to Cain, hey, why are you so dejected? Why are you angry? You'll be accepted. Everything will be good if you do what's right. And here's the fear, to, or the, the warning to all of us. If we refuse to do what is right, if we don't base our lives on the fact that God has given us a faith that we have in those facts, and we don't do what's right, watch out. Just watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is to control us. If we don't let God control us, Satan will. He's there. He's waiting. He's lurking inside of us, around us. Now, this other one is one that we talk about all the time. Everyone has heard the verse, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, we all know that concept. It's, it just makes sense. It's good, it's good marriage counseling. It's good friendship. It's, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Well, why? What's the concern? 
you'll give a foothold to the devil. If we hold anger, we don't forgive. What we're saying is, hey, Satan, come live in me. Evil spirit, come on. Take over my behaviors, my responses, and how I treat other people. So if you're, if, by the way, if you're here packing heat against someone else, stop it. <laughs> I couldn't. I had to. Sorry. But these are the straightforward commands. Now, let's, let's quickly review God's path to emotional maturity. It's a very simple checklist. It's on your outline. You can follow it later. Again, the promise that there is a way of escape if you're tempted in any area of inside of our lives. Follow, make the Bible, the guideline, the facts that we put faith in, that we follow and follow God's techniques and teaching inside of our lives. Follow that. That's God's plan. First step on that path is to allow Christ to set us free from the control of this world. Because we start out unpopular teaching, but we start out controlled by Satan. We ended up, we start out being controlled by the forces of this world. And so the first thing to do is that our old sinful self was crucified with Christ. Sin loses its power. Up until then, it's in control. So we don't have to be slaves to sin. We don't have to follow every emotional, negative emotional impulse inside of us that Satan throws in our direction. Be strong in the Lord. Put on Christ. Put on the truth of His, uh, of his Word. Put on the truth of, of faith in us. Put on righteousness in our lives. Don't fall for the strategies of the devil. Push back. So... First and foremost, know Christ, be crucified with him, and then seek to put on Jesus Christ in every area of our life. Don't leave an open door to Satan. Control that. It says, we've heard about Christ, we've learned the truth. Throw off the junk that there's things in your life that that you know you shouldn't be doing. Stop doing them. Start doing what Christ calls us to do. See what he would do in those situations. There's I would love to be able to go into a lot of detail, but this is the Christian walk. A daily investigation of ourselves laid before God so He can transform us into the image of His Son. That, that's the call inside of our lives, to, to do that. How do we do that? Again, follow the facts and have faith in them. Again, the, 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 the simple picture... One more time. Know the facts. Know what the Scripture says. Know where we are and who we are with Christ. Know if we really are a Christian. Have faith in those facts. Follow them. And then expect God to work through the feelings that are there to help us. I'm going I'm to use an example. Probably the most common one is depression. Because everyone... The whole stages of depression from just feeling down a little bit to being bummed to being this or to being, you know, clinically depressed, if you will, because you can't even get up out of bed. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a continuum of that. Obviously, start right away. Depression, uh, again, is defined as a mood disorder marked especially by sadness, inactivity, difficulty, making decisions and concentrating. Uh, how would a Christian counselor deal with that? How would God's word be applied? Well, uh, first and foremost, make sure that the person you're talking to is a Christ follower. 
that's not a small issue. That is the first issue. But then make sure that they're spending time with God. They're, they're processing their life in front of him. One of the things, and I do this all the time, I say, well, well tell me about how, how you connect with God. And uh, often I get this great, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm praying. And, okay, cool. But most often it's, I just haven't had time. I'm choked out. I don't have time with God. I, ooh, 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 all that, you know. And here's the thing. When they do it, every one of them knows it's the wrong thing. It's not new data when I say, uh, read your Bible. I know, I know. They're just choosing not to do it. Hopefully I'm convicting some people. But if we connect with Christ, his life will flow through us. If, if we pray, and, and so often when we pray, I, people come in, I pray all the time, I pray all the time. And I ask them a question that stuns most people. So now that you're going to be ready for this, if you ever have the opportunity of having a first date with Bill in a room, uh, and I say, oh, you got, you're praying all the time. You go, oh, the whole time just flows out of me. And I ask a question. Well, good. What's God telling you? Stunned silence is a normal response. We're so busy telling God our list of wants, our desires, our plans, our, all the stuff, how we should be changing this person, that person, and even demanding healings and all this other stuff and bunk in front of him. We never listen. Simply ask God, God, show me my faults, my pride, my selfishness, and then go quiet as God heals you and, and encourages us. When someone asks you, what's what's your prayer life like? And they ask you, what's God telling you? Then you're listening to God and hearing Him. Okay, so you'll check that. You'll make sure they're connected with God. Are you in rebellion to God? Are you doing the right things? Uh, All that other stuff. Are you, again, another major contributor to depression. Are you relationally healthy? In other words, are you in a conflict with someone? If you're in a conflict with someone, you're not going to feel good. Your energy, your emotions are being drained out. All of that's being sucked away from you. If there's conflict, you've given Satan access into your life. And and he's just letting the air out of your tires, if you will. Never pay back evil. Always strive to be at peace. That doesn't mean we can always do that. But we in our heart can put it on the shelf that, God, we have done everything I can do. Next, are we, here's where, okay, I can offend everyone now. Are we taking care of the health of our bodies? This is a huge deal in our culture today. And we all know it, by the way. So this is new data. You don't have to, oh, billions, this is new stuff. No, you know it. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's living, is taken. This is our earth suit. This is what we serve God in. This is where we carry our emotions around. We feed our brain. We feed our souls. And, and, and we live here. We honor God with our bodies. We are delicate, made by God. It's, we are a wonderful creation. God, thank you. Take care of it. Because if we don't take care of it, this is a major contributor to absolutely every emotional issue we're going to fight. As we go through it. Just some things that we already know. Let's just do this. How about if you don't get enough sleep? 
If when your kids are tired and they're, oh, they're just tired. When you're 60 years old, or in my case, older, and you're a grumpy grouch, go take a nap. And if you've got a grumpy, grouchy bait, go take a nap. I'll take care of whatever. Sleep. Basic sleep is there. It sets up anger, depression, laziness. Eat healthy food. If you eat junk, you will feel like junk. If you eat junk, you should be depressed. And again, my mercy gift's coming up, sorry. Uh, if you don't exercise and, and, and flush your body and move, no endorphins, no nothing, no energy. If you don't, a big one with me, this sounds really weird, found this out a couple years ago. If I'm feeling kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100%, wait a minute, I'll go have a couple of glasses of water and hydrate myself. I'm dehydrated. And so I'm walking around in, in, in my laziness. And depression is there. So again, Major causes of depression inside of our health is the sleep. Uh, in 2019, by the way, here we go again. I almost feel sinful telling you this because I'm going to offer you coffee and sugar here in a minute. <laughs> I want to encourage you to pick it up as you go out. But these are two incredibly addictive mood modifiers and the most abused drugs inside of our country. It's, it's Christian heroin and meth. It's up and down. Uh, there's a book called The Sugar Blues. Please, if you, you know, again, I tell people all the time, if you're fighting with it, find out about your, your sugar response and your insulin runs. Go, go get, we'll talk about this in a minute, a, a blood sugar tolerance test. You know, we see this all the time. Uh, kids walking across the street. I use this example because it's true. Kids go to the stores and they're going to school with a 32-ounce uh, supersized soda. Well, okay, well, that's cool. Look at them. How cool I am. I'm there. And, and they are up by the time they get to school. They are on track, on point. Because they just, in those 32 ounces, they just had 27 teaspoons of sugar and a pot and a half of coffee. You better believe they're on point for an hour or two. Because what goes up has to come down. Right? And so, and, and again, now I said that about kids, because all of them go, kids. Hey, come on, you Starbuckers. <laughs> How come you sweet freaks? Uh, you know, again, I, I love sweets. I drink coffee. But you can't let it control your life. There's a difference between wanting a cup of coffee and needing a cup of coffee. And don't stop giving me sugar treats. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, just as we continue to go, I encourage people when they come in, and, and, and here's a big deal. Uh, often with depression, you go through everything. You're with God, okay, you're exercising, you're doing this, you're doing it. Okay, wait a minute. Then, then I think you need to go get a full-body blood screen at the hospital. Go down there and pay particular attention to, to thyroid. I, I, I've had some friends actually had come a depression their whole life, get their thyroid fixed and they're way cool. Hormones, check it. Blood sugar fasting test. All of those things put together through a blood test. But I, I, uh, take a look and see what the causes are if we're still struggling. Now, if we're still struggling, we've gone through everything, we're good. 
and we say, I just need a break back from this for a minute, then maybe, just maybe, a psychotropic drug for a season of time might be good for you. It might be what's necessary. It should be temporary, and it should be monitored. So, and listen to the rest of this. Find a Christian doctor. Do not go to a secular doctor. I've made the mistake early on in counseling to send two ladies down to the hospital to get a full panel, talk to a doctor and get a full panel. Both of them, because they told the doctor they were depressed, even before they got the blood test back, were prescribed an incredibly high dose of estrogen and Prozac. Before any test. So don't go to a secular doctor. That's their protocol. They're going to give you... Never mind, I'm done. You get the idea? Find a Christian counselor and go to him. Why? Because blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the paths of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. And when it comes to medication, anything's okay, but don't get addicted and controlled so that meds run your life. Careful. Summary. Application, know that God has given us a path to emotional maturity. God can build emotional walls around us so that we can be in control in our responses. And it's simply by understanding God's way of escape. Trust God in these things. Go talk to Him. Build your life on facts. Have faith in the facts. Follow the facts. And trust God with the feelings. Please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you that you're God. And that you do protect us. You do not allow us to be crushed emotionally. That you will never test us beyond what we're able. But in the temptation, in the trial, you will give us a path where we can endure and even overcome inside of our lives. Thanks that you'll do that. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.